Hey guys, welcome back to ReCenter. Uh, my name is Zach. I am the community pastor at Center Church, and I'm here with Mark. If you are listening to this episode, my guess is that you've listened to all the other family membership episodes already. Hopefully. Hopefully. Otherwise, you're like, what is he talking about? Uh, which a lot of people say about me a lot of the no. time. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we are going through a series on family membership. What we're asking is those people who call Center Church their home church, uh, they're a part of this family. We want them to commit to some things that we are setting out as relational commitments, theological commitments. And this last one, we're unpacking the culture of care commitment. Um, and so listen to last episode at least, which is care like Jesus. That's mm-hmm. one of the relational commitments. But this episode, we're going to unpack what is a culture of care like Jesus would do. Um, and so, yep. So here we go. Mark's going to open us up um, and explain what is a culture of care, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. So like you've referenced in our last episode, right? So that 10th relational commitment, what that was, was caring like Jesus. And what that's pointing to is that third area of the uh, of the family membership, the culture of care. And what this is, is basically our acknowledgement that none of us can truly follow Jesus in isolation. So all of us have areas of sin and blind spots that we just can't see, or, or we willingly choose to not see, yeah. right, and, and address. And so what the culture of care is, is basically our attempt to try to bring all of us onto the same page, that we need each other. Mm. We cannot follow Jesus in isolation. I need to be exhorted, challenged, built up, rebuked, um, checked in on, held accountable by other people in this church family. And so that culture of care is us giving voice to this. But here's the kind of ironic part. What we're saying in the culture of care is really just like in the New Testament, like ground level, basic ABCs of life in the church. But the way that most of us have done church for so long isn't really like this. So it kind of seems like extreme almost. It kind of seems like, boy, this is high end. But like, really, this is just like the ABCs of church life as you read the epistles of just doing life together in a way that uh, pushes all of us to follow Jesus more faithfully. Yeah, because I think of like the early church, they're coming from all different walks of life, right? They're all trying to conform to this life that Jesus calls us to. And so they had to, uh, with Jesus as the standard, uh, help each other find how to repent of certain unhealthy things and start believing and walking in the ways of Jesus, like following Jesus. Mm. And so in that, you're you're like, you're saying we need to be prepared and commit to one being someone who cares for others, which means we need to confront, but we also need to be willing to be confronted, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. So like we we are both the ones who are caring for others and the ones who are receiving care. And that takes yep. permission, that takes intentionality, that takes humility yeah. and love. Yeah. But it also takes um, keeping Jesus at the center. Like yep. if I go to care for someone and I'm really just trying to make them be more like me, that's not actually care, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and so I think that's good that to, to differentiate between, hey, confronting someone and not pointing them back to Jesus isn't actually helpful. Like to care for someone, really, yeah. we all have to be humbly coming before scripture and the life of Jesus and say, how can we become more like Jesus yep. in this unhealthy area? Right. Yeah. yeah. So spot on. And essentially what we're trying to do here is we're trying to blow up the myth that none of us would ever actually say out loud. But many of us... Some of us would. <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to say, but I know there's someone out there that would say it out loud. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so we probably wouldn't <laughs> actually say this out loud, but many of us just kind of at the subconscious level, like a presumed thought is that essentially I come to church for my benefit to grow from whatever it is, the, the sermon, the worship. I, I want to get something out of the Dave Ramsey financial class or go to small group and get some benefit, whatever it is. And we think I can go to go to church and get the benefit for me. 
And we don't really accept the thought that others in the church, as commanded by Jesus, yeah. should be exhorting and provoking me to follow Jesus more faithfully. Yeah. And so we just really want to um, name that unhealthy way of doing church. Uh, and just an example of how much all of us need this. Uh, just one quick example from the book of Galatians. You read about how the Apostle Paul confronted the Apostle Peter to his face, called him out in front of other people. Because at that time, early in the church, there's a lot of tension and division between uh, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, all the non-Jews. Hmm. And as they're coming into the church and doing life together, there was some racial and cultural tension. Uh, sadly, there were some in the Jewish tradition of, of church. Uh, as they're following Jesus, yeah. they're still sensing we shouldn't eat with, be with, commune with those Dirty Gentiles, for, right. for a lack of a better term. And so the Apostle Peter, uh, in Acts 10, we're going to see Peter goes to the house of a Roman centurion. He, he shares the gospel with the Gentiles. He leads them to Christ. He is fellowshipping with the non-Jewish Christians, but slowly but surely, he begins to drift from that. Yeah. And he begins to segment his life. And eventually, what we see Paul confronting him on is Peter withdrew from the Gentile Christians and essentially subtly was saying, I'm better than you. And yeah. he wouldn't fully fellowship with them. Yeah. And so what happens in that story then is Paul outright rebukes Peter. He says, you are not living in step with the gospel. Th mm. This is inconsistent. And so Paul cared enough about Peter's soul to challenge him and exhort him. Right. And so basically this is an admission. If the apostle Peter needed this, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that we would need it as well. Absolutely. We were, we were actually talking about something similar to this this morning when thinking about how we care for people um, in the church and maybe how sometimes people go through things in life where they're like, I wish the church would have done more, or I wish the church had been there for me, or feeling like the church had let them down in an area of care. And and then the awkwardness of like me talking to them about as like, as a pastor, for me to not have a deep relationship with you and then suddenly you go through something and now I'm supposed to be let into this place of intimacy where I can speak into your life, but I barely know you is very, it feels forced. And so yeah. we were just talking about like the wisdom of, of what Jesus is wanting us to do. We've talked about like living in community together, like, right. Because those are the people that are going to know you. Mm -hmm. They're going to have walked with you through good seasons and see where you're like unhealthily growing see where maybe you have tendencies towards sin. They know that about you. And like a brother or a sister, they can rebuke you in a way that you can receive in trust and love. And so I think like the culture of care that Jesus shows that we want to have here at Center Church cannot happen apart from relationship with people. Yep. Like you can't just shout across the room, you're wrong, I'm right. right. You're wrong, Jesus is on my side. Like We've, I mean, we recently went through this with all the uh, racial reconciliation stuff in our nation and everything. We just say, what? Have a conversation with people. Ask questions. Get to know them. Like, all of these care things should be happening around relationship. Yep. Not just because I think I'm right and I got a point to prove. Yeah. And that's not care, right? Right. And so, I, I don't know. I think I just want that nuance of, like, if we're to do this well as a church, it needs to be happening in the context of community. Peter totally. and Paul had a relationship. Yep. They're not, it's, this is not like Paul never met Peter. They never hung out. Right. Um, and so they had a relationship. They have that going. They're both going after Jesus. There's permission. And, um, and Peter knows deep down, like, uh, I think what's, what's, we can have like sympathy towards Peter because his whole life he's been Jewish, yeah. not related yeah. to Gentiles. Absolutely. This is his whole entire upbringing. Yep. And he just finds himself slipping out of the truth of the gospel and into old rhythms and patterns. Right. Right. And it takes a brother to say, Hey, you're slipping back into who you were, mm. but not who Jesus has called you to be. Yep. And it's hurting the fellowship and the unity of the church. And yeah. like, that is awesome to know, like, 
Peter struggled with slipping back into old patterns. Mm-hmm. And we also are going to, like you said, to have that brother that's going to say, hey, this is not life-giving. It's not good for you. So because I love you, right. I'm calling you back to the truth of the gospel, back to what Jesus calls us to live. That's an unhealthy habit. Um, and in grace and in love, calling him back to the table to Amen. really go after Jesus together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so spot on, that clarification or you know that addition you gave of like, this is done in the context of relationship. And that's something we want to clarify further of like, as we talk about this, this does not mean you're just calling people out in the lobby. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, like you barely know. I saw your Instagram post. Yeah. That is not what this is. <laughs> you you ain't getting called out or you're not the police to call out the 35 other people of you know what you see online. What The idea of what the culture of care is, like this is with those three or five or nine people yeah. and the people in your center community and like those people that your your heart's opened up to, they right. know your life, you have... Uh, relational equity. So um, th- this is not saying everybody's going to be calling you out. Right. This is we encourage you for the sake of your soul yeah. to invest in relationships yeah. um, and have relational depth with, with some people, a handful of people, not yeah. everybody, right. but but a couple right. that know you well enough to say, I'm concerned. I, I love you enough to see this pattern. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read off a couple of the commitments at the end of the culture of care. And uh, Zach, stop me at any point. Build something out if you want. But here is like the summary ending statements of the culture of care in action. So this is what we ask all family members to commit to. Real quick, people listening to this, they can find this when mm-hmm. they go through the pathway, right? Correct. This will be, okay, go yep. ahead. So this is uh, for the online orientation to family membership. And that's what you're reading from right now. Correct. Yep. Correct. Okay. Yep. And you'll have this in the show notes, the, the link. Yeah. The link is always in the show notes for every single one of these family membership episodes. Uh, the beginning, the videos, and the pathway awesome. are all right there. All right. So culture of care and action. Here's how we sum it up at the end. As we seek to live a Christ-centered life, we confess the need for the help of others. Realizing that we have blind spots and have the potential to wander, we commit ourselves to be a part of the culture of care through the following. Number one. Humbly admitting our potential for error and being open to correction, we will not run from the discipline of the Lord. So, Zach, what stands out about that idea right there? Um, I think the humbly admitting our need, like entering into community for the sake of that. Um, I recently had someone, we were talking about, like, how do we avoid these pitfalls, these sins in our lives of, like, you know, wanting power or going after materialism or, like, sexual immorality. Um, Yeah. And like, honestly, thinking back, it wasn't ever about like how good I am at avoiding those things. Mm. It's always been the times that I've had like the most freedom from all of that is when I have people in my life who, who know me, who don't like treat me with kid gloves, yeah. who also, I, I would say, in, cause I'm a pastor. Sometimes people don't feel like they have the freedom to yeah. talk about those things with you. Yeah. These people know me like yeah. as Zach, not as pastor Zach. And so they know me as a brother and not as like someone that's an authority or someone that they're supposed to look to for spiritual guidance. That for me is key is mm. the humility to ask for that. And then, and then starting to know that I need that and yeah. wanting and craving that. Um, and then trusting those people enough with me, like yeah. to really, really open up the junk, like yep. really share with them what's going on. Uh, so that's what stood out to me was the humbly to approach that conversation. I've got to have a heart of humility that says that I need this. Amen. Yep. Yep. So please note that the culture of care commitment starts with each family member admitting, I humbly admit my potential for error and I need to be corrected. This doesn't start with chasing down others. This starts with, I need to be exhorted and challenged. I'm hearing like a, like a plank and a, and like a plank in your eye. Yeah, like someone talked about that someone at some says, point. Someone said, I just, if, who, uh, who was There it? was a band plank eye way back in the day. That might be what I'm thinking of. 
we'll, we'll think about it. All right. We'll, yeah, put it in the show notes. Number two, next thing we ask family members to commit to is this. Uh, receiving and giving exhortation, challenge, and discipline with the fruit of the Spirit. All our interactions with each other are mm. to be marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, and are aimed towards restoration. Mm. So this is not us just coming in scorched earth, laying into someone and just burning them down. The goal is restoration, and the tone of our interactions is marked by the fruit of the Spirit. Dang. So... So, <laughs> uh oh. When you said all those things are to be our interactions, and I'm like, there's no way I am all those things. And I think that yeah. was the good tension. Good. I can't do this alone apart from the Holy Spirit. Like, I cannot confront and care for people without first asking the Holy Spirit to, mm. to speak through me, yep. to give me his patience, his love, his grace, um, and, and for the restoration. I think those things. So, if you read that and you're like, there's no way I could confront with all those all those attributes, then it's like, good. Then yeah. you need to go to the Holy Spirit before Amen. any of this care happens and ask his help in any of these confrontations. Yep. Um, and the fruit of the Spirit comes through our recognition of his, of his working through us. Amen. So number one, humbly admit our potential for error and being open to correction. Number two, giving exhortation to others with the fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. Number three, uh, the commitment we ask is this. If I see a destructive sin in a friend's life, I will humbly and lovingly bring it to their attention for their good and God's glory. Yeah. And what we're trying to get across there is that the culture of care is not outsourced to others. Yeah. The culture of care is not outsourced to the staff and elders. Uh, we need everybody in this church, when they see something of concern in a friend's life, to humbly and lovingly exhort them uh, yeah. for their good and God's glory. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> I think it's impossible for, because I think the default thinking is that the pastors do that. Yep. But the problem is it's impossible for you, I, Jordan, Sawyer, to know every single person's situation, what they're going through and what their day-to-day -day life has lived like. Because yeah. we can't, there's nope. no way we can be at that level of relationship with everyone. Yeah, like not, the reality is the four of us on staff, we could spend 50 hours every single week meeting with people about stuff like this yeah. and it would not be enough. Right. Like, I don't think people realize that like in a church like this, we could literally only spend time right. in, in shepherding meetings like that 50 hours a week and it still right. would not even near be enough. Which is why we're asking for the commitment of those people that call Center Church their home, yep. the family members, that they are going to be in relationship with each other, caring for each other in this way, mm. is so that those those things can be seen and rebuked and lovingly brought back into alignment with Jesus, right? Amen. Um, and then the other part of that is not just, I think sometimes when we think culture of care, this is focused on um, what we've been talking about, kind of bringing truth to sinful areas of life, but even culture of care and like caring for people as they process pain or loss, like we cannot know everyone's situation, nor right. does everyone feel comfortable sharing yeah. what's going on. Um, with everyone and so the community aspect if i know people well i know what they're walking through i know when they're in pain i can love them serve them and care for them through those hard times as well amen um, that'll preach so Whitfield. let's care for each other in both like fidelity to jesus faithfulness to his way and also in the brokenness and pain of life caring for loving and serving mm -hmm. each other yeah that's good all right fourth commitment uh to sum up uh, to wrap up the culture of care so number three was saying Acknowledging the culture of care is not outsourced. I will do it. I'll yeah. approach those in need. Number four, here it is. When sin is brought to my attention, I will submit to the work of the Spirit mm. and examine my life for anything displeasing to Him. Mm. I will respond with repentance rather than pride. 
Easier said than done. Oh, yeah. But uh, I will respond with repentance rather than pride yeah. when someone comes to me. Zach, what stands out about that idea? I probably won't do that perfectly <laughs> instantaneously. Amen. Sometimes it's going to take confrontation, and I'm going to have to get away with the Lord and say, is there any truth to this? It doesn't feel true. And, and upon further investigation, I know in my own life, yep. then he re- starts to reveal it is true. Mm. This is a characteristic of how you are mistreating people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would say... Uh, Committing to this doesn't mean that you're instantaneously receiving everything well, but that you're going to commit to bring it before the Lord. Yep. That is some serious rain. Yeah, it's right raining. Now. Wow. Guys, you hear that? You might not, but it's crazy. It's loud in here. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something. The commitment is to take what you're hearing from a brother, someone you trust, from a sister, someone you trust, and then processing with the Holy Spirit hey, is this, is this real? Am I off here? And then coming back to that person and saying, hey, I've prayed through it. I've thought through it. Here's what my thoughts. Here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to me. And then continue in the in the conversation with them. Yep. So. Yep. Well, guys, um, man, for all listening who are considering this, first off, thank you. Yeah. Man, we just want to thank you for making this church your home. We, we hope and pray this church is a blessing to you. Um, and we want to be a healthy church. And ultimately, good sermons or good events or good programs or good podcasts alone won't make us a healthy church. Great, great podcast. Great podcast alone. <laughs> But when people like you yeah. love other people like Jesus did and care yeah. for us, man, that'll make us healthy. So we want to invite you into this journey with us. Man, we, we are broken. We're not a perfect church by any stretch of the imagination. But no exaggeration, you who are listening have a critical role to play in leading us towards hell. So yeah. we, we hope you'll join us in this work. Yep. Uh, Mark, would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Jesus, thank you that you care for us so well. And um, in your care, you don't simply affirm all of our desires, but but you correct us, you challenge us, you, you lead us to repentance. And we pray for our church family that we would have a spirit of humble repentance. May we have soft hearts towards you and towards each other. And uh, God, I pray that we would have a culture here where people um, exhort and challenge and build up one another, uh, where sin has no hidden spaces, sin is not unaddressed, but we lovingly lead others, uh, lead each other to more faithful obedience to King Jesus. So come and do it in our hearts, do what needs to be done so that we're doing this one year, five years, 10 years from now and beyond. Uh, For our good and your glory, we ask for you to do this. In your name we pray, Amen. amen.